Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Alex Collins, and I will be your host today. Uh, today, we are going to go ahead and jump into the wonderful world of interest rates. Uh, interest rates are going up. We're getting a lot of questions around what's going on, why is it occurring, things of that nature. But before we do that, what we are drinking today is a beer called Enchantment or Enchantments Hazy IPA. Uh, this is a beer out of Icicle Brewing in Leavenworth, Washington. Uh, it clocks in at 6.7 uh, with 30 IBUs. Um, I know, shocking, right? That we're drinking a hazy IPA, uh, but it does feel like uh, the end of summer recording here in mid-September. Um, so let's go ahead and give this a taste and see how we like it. It's uh, it's definitely a good summer beer. It, it's not going to overpower you too, too much. Um, it's nice and light. Uh, but at the same time has that uh, that nice IPA kick to it. Um, so if you're over in Leavenworth in Washington State, uh, go check out the brewery. Uh, and uh, if not, check out your your local your local grocery store, your local beer spot, and hopefully you're able to pick up some Icicle Ridge uh, beer. This one in particular is Enchantments Hazy IPA. Uh, if you are not a hiker, Go check out the enchantments. It is an absolutely just wonderful, beautiful hike. So mm, delicious. Uh, with uh, sorry, bottle cap rating. I'm going to go ahead and go uh, with an eight on this. Um, in terms of uh, jumping back into interest rates. So what's going on? Uh, well, the Fed is going to meet here in uh, a couple days and discuss what they're going to go ahead and do with interest rates. Uh, it is largely expected that interest rates are going to go up again. Um, and by interest rates going up, what we're talking about is the Fed funds rate. Uh, so this is the rate at which banks borrow from each other. Essentially, what it's going to do is it's going to either increase or reduce the amount of money supply, which will affect other interest, other key interest rates like mortgages, uh, the rates on savings accounts, CDs. Uh, essentially, the world of of fixed interest rates or current interest rates uh, in the United States. Um, so, what's a brief history of what's been going on? Uh, the Fed raised rates. By, and when we say Fed, we're talking about the uh, the Federal Reserve Oak Open Market Committee that meets uh, roughly every six to eight weeks, um, and they control some of the key interest rates, um, Fed funds being one of them. So uh, they raised rates back in March by a quarter percent, and then they did it again in May by a half a percent. Then in June, they raised it by 075 in July, they also raised it by 0.75. And so we're, we're anticipating what's going to happen. Um, and while it's uncertain, the future is unknowable, the general consensus that I've been hearing is that we should see somewhere between uh, a one and a half and 2% rate increase, not necessarily in September, but between now and the end of the year. Uh, and then the speculation is is really around when that's going to occur and how much. Um, so anywhere from 0.75 to one are are the numbers that I've been hearing to expect. We'll see what comes out of this. 
And uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, very interesting times in the world of finance. And the, the, there's a bunch of different reasons for this. We've seen rates increase and increase fairly dramatically. At the beginning of the year, we saw mortgage rates significantly lower than where they are today. And that was leading towards some of the housing boom. When you could lock in interest rates as low as two and a half to three percent for a 30-year fixed mortgage. That has a massive effect on the housing market. It means that funds are really inexpensive to access. Fast forward to today, we're seeing fixed rates between say five and six percent for primary mortgages. Obviously that depends on credit. If you are borrowing more, uh, like closer to 100% loan to value, if your credit isn't as good, rates may certainly be higher. Uh, but those are the rates that I'm hearing most commonly quoted uh, by mortgage brokers and also seeing in the news. We've got three more meetings for the Fed. Like I said, mid to late September, September 20th, 21st, uh, then again in November, early November. Uh, and then again in December. So we've got three different times when we get to hear what the Fed has to say uh, or what they do. And then we get to hear what they have to say a couple weeks after that afterwards. What is it the Fed's ultimately trying to do with this? Well, they're trying to combat inflation. Um, we've seen inflation come roaring back this year. Uh, you know, numbers in you know, the neighborhood of say 9% inflation, depending upon which measure you're looking at and what time period you're looking at. Uh, and like this has been real for Americans. It has negatively impacted what our dollar will buy. Um, and so for some people, this has had a real chilling effect on their ability to save, their ability to live the life that they want to live. Thankfully for us and for most of our clients, it, it hasn't had that great of an impact. Um, it, it certainly has had an impact on folks, uh, but at the same time, if we're able to go ahead and follow good financial planning, where we're able to go ahead and set aside money for into emergency reserve, we're able to invest dollars, uh, we're protecting our income, things of that nature, it will have an effect on us, just not as big of an effect. Um, if we're living paycheck to paycheck, or we have significantly high variable interest rates, It'll have a very negative impact on us and, and could potentially throw us into uh, negative cash flow. And that is a real concern for folks. So why is the Fed doing this? Like I said, they're trying to fight inflation. So as we raise interest rates, it will have a chilling effect on the economy. It'll also having a chilling effect on the, the ability for companies to raise prices on things which is essentially what inflation is. Uh, now, inflation also comes about from increases in money supply. Uh, so when the, the government is printing money um, and increasing the money supply, then that has a typically has an inflationary component to it. So this is just simply one way for the Fed to go ahead and react and, and try to cut down on inflation. And now we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about, okay, what should we do? How should we react? What should we be prepared for? And what are some of the key takeaways 
from being in a rising interest rate environment. Now, bear in mind that we haven't truly been in a rising interest rate environment for a very long time. Uh, We saw rates rise a little bit in 2007 uh, and 2008 ahead of the mortgage crisis and the subprime crisis. Prior to that, we've really kind of been in a falling interest rate environment since the early 80s. Now, remember back in the early 80s, we were seeing mortgages at 20, 22, 24%. Please don't mistake me. I'm not suggesting that we're going back to the point where mortgages are going to be 20, 22, 24%. At least I certainly hope not. The future is unknown. We're, we're not here to make predictions. But that is how far interest rates have fallen over the last 40 years. And we've been in predominantly a falling interest rate environment over that time period. And so being in a raising interest rate environment or a rising interest rate environment is something that's new and different for most folks that are in the financial industry. Yeah, we can go back and study what things were like in the in the 70s and early 80s. We can look at different time periods, but we're in a significantly different environment now than we were then. And it's important to acknowledge that. And it's important to understand it. So let's get into what are the key things that we can go ahead and do as a result. Ultimately, we're going to talk about three different major key impacts that this is going to make. The first is reviewing anything that you have that is interest rate sensitive. The second is reviewing your overall financial picture. And then the third reviewing how this is going to impact your financial portfolio, your your investments. So going back to number one, we're going to start with things that are interest rate sensitive. Predominantly, this is going to fall into two, maybe three major categories. Uh, The first is your bank accounts. We should actually see interest credited above de minimis amounts inside of bank accounts. 20 years ago, when I first got into the industry, it was a regular thing to see interest credited on checking and savings accounts of 4 to 5%. And over time, that has come down and to the point where I've had bankers tell me with a straight face that their banks are crediting 0. nothing on some of their accounts. It's it's kind of become a running joke in the in the industry of but yeah checking and savings accounts don't earn anything in the way of interest at least not anything meaningful. We're going to start to see that change, and this is going to incentivize people to hold on to cash. This is both a good thing and potentially a bad thing. It's a good thing from the standpoint of now if we are holding on to emergency reserve and building up proper reserves and holding it inside of the banking industry, well, we're now actually going to see somewhat of an actual rate of return with it. Now, one of the things to be aware of is that we don't want to look at things just in nominal terms. If we get a 5% interest rate, which we're maybe not there yet in terms of uh, savings and checking accounts crediting 5%, And let's say that inflation is at 9%, we're still losing purchasing power. So in terms of real returns, 
our real returns on checking and savings accounts would still be negative in that example. And in fact, may actually be worse than what they were before. If we were seeing essentially zero interest rates and inflation at say three to 4%, we were going backwards to the tune of three to 4% a year. If the new normal is that we have 5% interest rates with 9% inflation, then we're going backwards to the tune of 4% a year, which is bigger. Going backwards in terms of real interest rates, real rates of return is not a good thing. So it's something to be aware of and understand. And at the same time, it will also help us maybe make sure that we are saving appropriate amounts. The next thing that we need to do is take a look at, okay, what else do we have that is a variable rate? So this is going to be things like our loans, whether it's student loans, whether it's credit cards, if we have a home equity line of credit, if we have a business line of credit, any of those types of loans are variable. And if we have the ability, we may want to look at, review, and potentially change the structure of those loans, whether it's fixing the loan or whether it's working harder to pay off the loan, whether it is shifting where our dollars are going from instead of saving and investing to paying off debt. Those are choices that we should make. Those are choices that need to be made on an individual basis. I'm not suggesting that we stop investing. I'm not suggesting that we stop doing everything. I'm suggesting that we typically that we should review and decide what's appropriate based on your current situation. I, I highly recommend making sure that you're working with a professional, whether it's Ryan and I or somebody else, make sure that you are talking to someone who understands your specific financial situation and what is appropriate for you. Next, review the overall financial picture. What are we doing in the way of savings? Where is our cash flow going? Are we properly protected? Do we need to change anything given the changing in interest rate environment? What other changes has that made to our financial world? And while this seems somewhat self-explanatory, it's oftentimes just a good reminder that we need to check in on this stuff and try and figure out, okay, what do we need to do differently? Maybe it's time for a review. Maybe what we're doing is great and it's just a checkup. Either way, review your overall financial position, review some of the decisions that you've made in terms of where you're putting money, why you're putting money in which place, and what your overall capital structure is, where your debts are, where you're building wealth, those types of conversations. And lastly, how is this going to affect your investment portfolio? One of the things that uh, we've had some folks that have, have questioned is during this calendar year, sitting in here in, in mid-September, the stock market by and large has been negative. We've had a bad year in the market. And what's caught people off guard is a lot of their fixed income investments, their bonds, have also had a really bad year. And people are surprised by this because they're they're asked they're saying okay 
the whole point and purpose of investing in bonds is to reduce down our exposure and not have everything move in the same direction when negative years in the market occur. And the answer is, is that they're dependent upon different things. And it's important to understand the hows and the whys. Existing bond prices move in the opposite direction of interest rates. So as interest rates rise, existing bond prices fall. And while this may not seem intuitive immediately, think about it through from this standpoint. If you're currently getting 4% on your fixed income portfolio, meaning somebody is paying you 4% every year to be able to borrow money from you or to be able to keep that loan out outstanding. If the market pushes interest rates higher so that now it's 5% is the going rate and you're getting 4%, We've lost out on that 1%, the difference in interest rates, for however long that loan is locked in for. So if it's locked in for one year, well, we've lost out on 1% for one year. Not the end of the world. Not awesome, but not the end of the world. If we've locked in that 1% difference for a long period of time, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, the longer the time horizon, the more impact the move in interest rates has because now we've locked in that lower interest rate for a much longer time period. And so when we look at it through that lens, it makes sense that existing bond prices will fall when interest rates rise. And so we've gotten hit with a double whammy here of stocks having a bad year because of added uncertainty, because uh, of a concern that the market is slowing down, that we're going to see a recession in the economy, that there's fighting inflation and supply chain issues, and all of the myriad of other issues that we're dealing with. And we've also seen rising interest rate environment. Now, a rising interest rate environment by itself will likely have existing bond prices fall. And so that accounts for the downside of the fixed income side of people's portfolios. One of the things that's interesting to take a look at is that we're in a really unique situation where the labor market is super robust right now. We have a very low unemployment. We have a very low rate of unemployment. We we don't have... Uh, and a very and relatively low underemployment. So there's a bunch of different metrics that go into unemployment. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that, but by and large, more people are working now than have ever been working in the history of the US. And we've got a very competitive environment, which is one of the reasons, one of the few reasons why we haven't been declared to be in a recession. We may still yet go into recession. And higher interest rates may be the cause of it. However, the appropriate thing to do is to make sure that we're managing our investment portfolio for whatever time horizon we're looking for. If you're looking to buy a house with these funds in six months to a year, 
those should be managed dramatically different than if we're looking at retirement funds, which we're not going to touch for the next 20 years. So make sure that you're sitting down with a professional, again, whether it's Ryan and myself or somebody else, and have the conversation around how you should be managing money and what the current environment does, how it affects where you're at, how it affects the investment decisions that you're making. What's the mix of assets that we should be looking at? And going back to the other two components, what is the proper mix of financial assets? Do we need to adjust our savings, any of our current debts? Do we need to adjust any of the cash flow and where it's going given the higher interest rate environments? So that brings us to our questions today. And our question today is how are higher interest rates affecting you? Or are they? Please head over to beerandmoney.net, answer that question. If you got value out of today's episode, please share it with somebody because they chances are they have some of those same types of questions, same types of concerns. If you want to dig into any of these topics, you want Ryan and I to address any of them in an upcoming podcast. You want to have a one-on-one conversation with myself or with Ryan. There's a way to go ahead and, and do that on the beerandmoney.net website. And as always, we hope that you got value out of today's episode. And cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201, phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 15319412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Pinpoint Number 2022-144451. Expiration September 2024.